This is Brain Diet, episode 177, Three Types of Self-Care. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode, three types of self-care. This is a topic that I mention on the podcast that I teach about pretty frequently and is more or less at the top of my mind. And I think luckily it is more or less at the forefront of a lot of social conversations. I think most people, when you say self-care, have an idea of what that means. And I would take a guess and say that 30, 40, 50 years ago, people were not discussing as frequently what self-care was, why it was important, and how to do it, how to execute in a way that was useful. And so I'm really grateful to be alive in a time where this is something that we have such easily accessible information about. And so I have a number of different episodes on different types of self-care, different perspectives on it. And one of them is episode 53. It's called How to Properly Rest. And though it's not directly titled something along the lines of self-care, I think that rest is an important part of self-care. And so that is one perspective to keep in mind when it comes to how you are caring for yourself is how to properly rest. And essentially, I just break down the different types. There's mental rest, emotional rest, physical rest, uh, social rest. I think there are seven total types in that episode. Um, That's a great one to reference just to help broaden your perspective in terms of how to take care of yourself. I also have an episode called self-care. It's episode 151, and that is how I define and identify self-care. And there is a little bit of overlap with that episode and this episode, but I wanted to speak about it today from a very different angle that is hopefully equally as helpful. And something that has been really influential in my life is I've been examining my own self-care, how I define it, what it means. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you today is the three types of self-care. And I'm going to tell you what they are now, and then I'm going to go into detail for each and discuss what they mean and how to maximize each area. The three types of self-care are macro, micro, and internal. So let's begin with macro because I think that is typically the one that people most commonly associate with the idea of self-care. This is what we typically think of or refer to when we are talking about it. And many people will, you know, spend a lot of money in the name of self-care. And I think that this is typically the category that that falls into. Macro type of self-care. Usually the driving motivator is relaxation. So this is things that will typically involve spending money and they are the most obvious, the most visible. So macro self-care efforts are going to be things like massages and vacations and nice meals, getting your nails done, getting pampered in some way. You can see how it kind of has an air of relaxation, 
kind of taking care of the physical aspect of your body, whether it's appearance wise or, or the quality of how you feel physically uh, to relieve stress. And like I said, this is a lot of times what people will think is the end of the line when it comes to self-care. Self-care is me spending money on myself. And it is, there's no doubt about that. There is, this is one of the areas. It is the macro area. But this area of the three typically has the least battery life. It has the shortest lasting effects in terms of your overall well-being. So that is the macro type of self-care. The next is micro self-care. Micro actions of self-care are small actions done throughout every single day to maintain your well-being. And these small actions typically have a component of listening to your body and responding. So it's not necessarily driven entirely by relaxation as the macro efforts are. And not that it's not that macro is always driven by relaxation, but it's typically an overall motivator a lot of the time. So for the micro ones, relaxation isn't always the motivation. It's simply listening to your body and responding. So a great example of a micro type of self-care is taking a deep breath. This is something that we do throughout the day as a way of just executing a small nervous system reset. It's a way of saying, Ooh, I've got a lot going on in my body or a lot going on in my brain. I'm going to pause. I'm going to just allow myself to oxygenate my system for just two or three seconds. This is a really great example of micro self-care. Micro self-care can also be taking a two, three, four, five minute break from something taxing. If you are working and it's especially taxing if you are parenting, if you are doing something that is a typical part of your routine that is taxing in a physical, mental, or emotional way, we can take a little bit of a step back as an action of self-care, as a micro action of self-care. I would consider getting sun exposure a micro self-care action. Oftentimes, if I am feeling anxious or overwhelmed or just intensely challenged emotionally in any way, This is one of my micro self-care actions is I will just go put my face in the sun and take a deep breath at the same time. Now this takes minutes, sometimes even seconds, but it is a way to help myself stay connected to my body, to not ignore it, to respond to what I'm feeling and to help take care of myself in a small but meaningful way that compounds over time. I also just go sit in the sun if I'm cold, which is also an act of self-care. It's simply listening to my body and responding to it. Another micro action could be asking for physical affection. I feel so lucky because my husband works from home ever since COVID. He has been full-time remote and it has been such a gift in so many ways. And periodically throughout my days, especially on the more anxious ones, stressful ones, overwhelming ones, for whatever reasons, whether it's parenting or work-related or just seemingly nothing related, I will very often ask my husband for a hug. (laughs) If he's in a meeting, I'll text him and say, when you have a break, come give me a hug. Or if he's not, I'll just go in and, and want just some physical affection. And that for me, again, acts as a nervous system support and mini reset. It's a way of saying, man, I'm feeling some emotions. And one of the ways I'm going to take care of these emotions, not in an effort to rid myself of them, but just to help myself ride the wave of them throughout my day, 
I'm going to do these things. I'm going to go get a hug. I'm going to go put my face in the sun. I'm going to take a five minute break and look at the sky. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. I'm going to do some box breathing. Another example of a micro action of self-care is saying no. Now, again, does that sound like something that's relaxing as a macro self-care action would be? Probably not. A lot of people find it very difficult to say no, but it is an act of self-care oftentimes to do difficult things for your own sake in the moment and for your own sake in the future, for the future versions of the future version of you, the sake of that person. Sometimes saying no is a gift to give yourself in the future. And it is a way of saying, I'm listening to my body. I'm listening to my capacity. I'm acknowledging it. And I am upholding my own boundary of what I will allow myself to do and not do. And again, it's something that's difficult. It's not necessarily relaxing or, or happy or fun, but it is an act of self-care. Self-care on a micro level is acknowledging your needs and vocalizing them if necessary. It's you saying, I'm going to check in with my body, hear it out, hear what it needs, and I'm going to respond in kind. So they are very small efforts that compound over time to create well-being throughout a day, throughout a week, over the course of your life. Now, I want to mention where eating fits into self-care. I think that it can fall into the macro category. Eating can be a form of self-care when you have indulgent meals that you really enjoy, that you appreciate, that are, you know, just add color and vibrance to your life. But I think that it contributes much more to the micro level because every meal you eat, every bite you take is a form of micro self-care if you want it to be. Now, it can be a form of sabotage depending on how we are feeling and our ability to cope. But every time we sit down to eat something or are eating something on the go, we have an opportunity to care for ourselves in the moment and to care for that future version of ourselves. What am I going to eat now? And how is that going to make me feel later today, tomorrow, in a week? What type of outcome is this going to contribute to? This bite, this meal is this going to contribute to an outcome that's in alignment with the goals that I have for myself or maybe not. Eating can be a beautiful form of self-care, of saying, I'm choosing to feed my body. I am choosing to nourish my body because I care for my body. I love my body, even if sometimes the food isn't as exciting as some of the other things that might be more exciting. Where exercise fits into self-care is, I think, in the macro, uh, micro category. Because one workout itself isn't going to change your health all at once because exercise has such great benefits with consistency over time, much more so than a single workout would benefit you, though a single workout does have benefits for hours after, especially resistance training. The subsequent hours after a resistance training session, you are reaping the benefits of that. But more than that is consistently doing workouts over time. Those benefits are so extraordinary that I put exercise into the micro category because It's not as relaxing all the time. It's not something that we want to do all the time. Like for me, I want to get a massage pretty much all day, every day. If I could, I would. And that's one of the things my husband and I joke about, like having a masseuse just on call at all times. That would be something that we would never not want. Now for exercise, most of the time I want to, but a lot of the time I don't. 
but it's just part of my routine. It's part of who I am because it is a form of self-care falling into this micro category. Micro self-care actions are sometimes challenging to do. And this is something that I go into great detail about in episode 151. It's just titled self-care that I mentioned earlier is many times self-care is doing hard things first. And this is all for the benefit of your future self. Exercising is hard in the moment, especially if you're really pushing yourself to, to failure in certain lifts or if you are challenging yourself beyond your current abilities. It's difficult. But when you can do hard things first, the hardest things first, then everything else by default afterward comes easier. Now, that is with the caveat that what is hardest is going to be different based on the person, based on how the person is feeling, based on the time of day. Sometimes the hardest thing for me is to exercise and sometimes it's the easiest thing to do. But I just know that whatever I am deeming the hardest thing to do, that's typically what I should be doing first. And not as a way of guilting myself, like you should, should, should. It's saying, hey, I know that my future self is going to benefit greatly if I start with the hardest thing. And that's why micro self-care isn't always relaxing. It can be challenging in this way. But these actions of micro self-care are what keep us connected to our bodies. And these micro actions prevent us from getting too dysregulated over time. If we are consistently throughout the day checking in with our bodies, how are we feeling? What can I do to respond to that feeling? Not as a way of getting rid of it, but just to simply be present with myself as I navigate the waves of emotion throughout the day. When we can be present with those things and care for ourselves with every wave that comes in and goes back out, that's when we can allow ourselves to move healthily through our emotional experiences. But when we are not listening to our bodies, not listening to our emotions, when we are not listening to what we need, then we start to create a barrier between us and our bodies and we start to not be able to hear it out. And then that's what can lead to dysregulation of different varieties over time. It's just ignoring the messaging that we are receiving from our bodies. So that's why micro, micro self-care is so important is for us to stay connected with our bodies and to do hard things, even though they're hard, but in the name of, of caring for yourself and taking care of your body and taking care of your mind in every way that you have the ability to do so. These are micro, obviously, in the name, very small, but they compound to contribute to your overall quality of life and how you are feeling long-term. Now, micro actions are less visible. They are less obvious, but still typically visible. You can see someone taking a deep breath. You can see someone take a little bit of a break back up. You can see someone going out to get some sun exposure. You can see someone exercising. And so there are still actions that are visible, though it's not quite as visible as, you know, a massage, a vacation, or, you know, getting pampered in some way. But you're still able to see it. Now, micro actions, micro self-care actions have a moderate battery life. And I don't want to say moderate to diminish the impact that they have, but the impact of the third category of self-care is what has the longest lasting. But let me not diminish the power of these micro actions. They are so small, but they compound to create a very, very comprehensive level of quality in one's life. They have a major impact over time. The one with the most impact, however, that has the longest lasting battery life is the third category, the third type of self-care, which is internal self-care. 
this type of work is the longest lasting and it has the greatest impact and it is what no one sees. No one is going to see you doing this type of work. No one's going to see externally looking at you. No one's going to be able to see this level of self-care. This is something that is entirely done internally. And internal self-care is every single thought that you are noticing and questioning if you want to keep. Internal self-care is the dialogue that you are having with yourself all day long. And it's the dialogue that you're having with yourself before you react to your life. When your life is happening outside of you, internal self-care is the moment before you react to it. Internal self-care are the moments before you react to what your children are doing, are the moments before you react to what's going on at work, are the moments before you encounter health complications or things that are outside of your control. Internal self-care is the dialogue that you are having with yourself about yourself. Internal self-care is what you are allowing to stay in your mind. Internal self-care is keeping a tidy mind. Now, when I say that no one sees this, think of it this way. If any of you have watched the show Hoarders, houses on the outside can very often look typical, normal, nothing noteworthy, nothing horrible or awful. Like if you're just driving throughout a neighborhood, most houses, you can find houses that look pretty normal. None of them, at least in my neighborhood, look too alarming in any way. And as I drive around my city, I don't encounter a lot of homes that look particularly alarming on the outside, though there are some, but many look normal on the outside. But then what happens on this show Hoarders is you go inside a more or less normal looking home and it is filled literally to ceiling level with stuff with garbage and this is the way that I like to equate this level of self-care is some people look a certain way on the outside but we have no idea what the inside looks like and what the inside determines is your quality of life every day what are you living in every day what is the quality of your home environment that you are spending most of your time And though it can look okay on the outside, if it's messy on the inside, that quality of life is going to be low. And not to say that messy directly equates to a lack of quality, but hoarder level mess is going to influence your overall quality of life. And this is the type of self-care that I am talking about. This internal work, this internal category is 100% for your own sake and for your own benefit, just as the other categories are. But it is something that no one will watch you do. It is something that is not necessarily relaxing. That is probably the most challenging because we are having thoughts and emotions constantly throughout every day. It can be the most difficult, the most work. But it is with the greatest payoff. Because when you can create an internal environment that you are delighted to spend time in, that you are happy to live in. That is what creates the quality of life that I think we all want. That's what creates the quality of life that I think we're all trying to achieve by the macro self-care. 
Many of us think, man, if I just get all of the relaxing things, that's what's going to make me feel my best. And I agree that those things have a place in self-care, but I think often the type of peace and contentment with our life that we are looking for is not achieved through the macro self-care. I think it is achieved through the internal self-care. It is working to create the internal environment that you are happy to live in every single day. It has the biggest impact. We might see people's outside actions, but what determines a person's experience of their actions is what's happening on the inside. And I'll give you an example of this. If someone were eating a donut and you were to be watching them eating a donut, all you see is someone eating a pastry. But for one person on the inside, it can be that they have completely given up on their goals and they've given up on themselves. It could be that they are trying to numb away their feelings that they are afraid of and feel like they are crumbling under. And then after someone eats this donut, they can be overwhelmed with shame and guilt On the other hand, someone can be eating a donut and that person can have an exceptional relationship with food. This person has a beautiful balance in their life and in their health and is taking every bite in a way that is aligned with what type of health they want to create for themselves. This type of person could listen to their body and understand their signals and take care of themselves. And after they finish their donut, they don't make it mean that they are bad or that they are wrong, or that they have made a mistake. Instead, they take care of themselves mentally by appreciating what a gift that donut was and how lucky they are that they get to have it and utilize those nutrients to be able to go throughout their day. But all you see is someone eating a donut. You don't see what's happening on the inside. And that is why sometimes we go to those external sources, those external actions to solve for an internal problem. Like some people think if I just change my body, then I will like myself more. But in reality, you know, they might be exercising, they might be eating in a calorie deficit, and they might even be achieving fat loss. But when they aren't doing the work to clean up internally, what's happening in their minds, then no matter what they look like on the outside, that is still going to exist. The hoarder house is still going to be in full force internally. That's why it is so important to do the internal self-work because when you can pay attention to every thought that you are thinking as much as possible and question if you want to allow it to stay, you empower yourself to create an environment that is limitless with possibilities. You empower yourself to be able to feel any way that you want to feel, to create an experience of your life, regardless of if you have the outside things and the outside circumstances that you might think make you happy. This type of self-care is one of the most powerful. And when you can develop these skills, the impact is the longest lasting. So I want to offer to you today that these three types of self-care all play a role. Macro self-care matters. Micro self-care matters. And internal self-care matters. But make sure that you are utilizing all of them and not just one of them. Because self-care is in the name of taking care of you for your own sake. These type of self-care actions aren't for anybody else. These are for you to be able to take care of yourself now 
and prioritize yourself now to create the overall life that you want and to feel your best and to feel your most confident, not because of what you have, but because of the skills that you have developed to teach your brain how to think in a way that is useful. So make sure these categories are very well loved, all three of them, in your own self-care routine, whatever that might be. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.